In June 2009, Alistair Rock was disappointed to discover that the sex toy industry was limited when it came to non-phallic sex toys for the lesbian and queer community. There were, of course, a variety of pleasure products for women, but there were not many aimed at queer women. It was this that inspired Alice to create products specifically for lesbians and queer women. Tired of dealing with catalogs and sex shops catering to heterosexual couples or straight women, Alice launched Wet For Her in 2011. Her vision was to create a convenient online queer sex shop accessible to lesbian couples around the world. Ten years later, Wet For Her is an internationally established favorite. The shop has grown to include best-selling lesbian sex toys such as strap-on dildos, double dildos, and essentials like lube and foreplay accessories. Wet For Her set out to design sex toys that were not flesh-toned or intended to look realistic. All toys are made of 100% medical-grade silicone, ensuring the product is phthalate-free while providing a silky texture that is easy to clean and maintain. The Wet For Her Finger Sizing Guide provides an estimate sex toy size based on the number of fingers represented. The online selection is always expanding, and most recently, a new line of gender-affirming transmasculine products have been added to the shop. This includes an array of female-to-male packers and dildos. Wet For Her was originally created for lesbians by lesbians, but the mission and the toys don't discriminate. It is Wet For Her's goal to make this a welcoming space for queer women and the folks they love by celebrating a diverse range of bodies, genders, and orientations. So whether you identify as lesbian, bisexual, or queer, cis, trans, or non-binary, Wet For Her welcomes you. Fast and discreet shipping is offered throughout Europe, Australia, the United States, and Canada. And I have to say, I love their products. They are very pretty. Um, I have, I think, four different items from them, and I have been extremely happy with all of them. Um, they are a joy to play with and also to look at. And the suction, like the suction cups, are the best I've ever seen. I highly, highly recommend this brand. And you can check the link in this week's episode description to explore Wet For Her's beautiful collection of high-quality and queer-friendly products. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Empowered Authenticity, the podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Chopa. Oh man, it is, it is feeling like fall. And uh, the old seasonal effective just uh, is not having it. So um, I'm cold. I hate being cold. Fucking hate it. I'd much rather be hot and sweaty. Um, but you know. We're gonna survive because uh, apparently that's what we do every year. Every year we survive this. Um, but damn, it sucks. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I am cranky. Uh, man. Fucking fall. But like I said, we're gonna survive. Um, I'm going to be optimistic about the opportunities that the fall presents. I'm going to wear. Lots of cute clothes, because I can, and uh, I'm going to take advantage of it and, you know, curl up on the couch a lot more and watch movies and uh, eat comfort food and drink coffee and, and hot cocoa and do all those things. It's my boyfriend's, uh, it's going to be his first winter in Wisconsin, he's from Texas, and he's so cute. Um because he he runs hot anyways like it can be 70 degrees out and we can be sitting eating lunch and this man is going to be sweating just like drenched in sweat uh and I'm very much the same way like I have hyperhidrosis so I just sweat constantly regardless of whether or not I'm actually feeling warm um and (laughs) he's so cute he said oh I think I need to go out and buy some like long underwear And I said, why? And he said, well, you know, for walking around and stuff. And I asked him if he was planning on going, like, snowshoeing. To which he replied, no. Just, like, walking to and from the car. And it was adorable. It was the cutest thing to me. Because I was like, you do not... You do not need, nor are you going to want long underwear. I was like, I am freezing, and I don't wear long underwear. Um... So it's just really cute. It's really cute. Uh, <laughs> like, 
I don't know what he thinks he's in for, but um, it's it's real adorable. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. He's probably going to con me into doing some like outdoor stuff, and I'm not about that life. But uh, I suppose if I'm like bribed with food or something, then I'll do it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that is that is all neither here nor there. We have a fucking fantastic guest on today. They're, they've all been fantastic. I, I say it every week. I'm going to say it again. I'm fucking so grateful to have amazing conversations with amazing people. Um, and this was no exception. This person, I have several pieces of her artwork in my home. She's so fun. And we have such an open and honest conversation. And it's just beautiful. It's just a beautiful conversation. It makes me very, very happy. Uh, her artwork makes me very, very happy. In fact, uh, just last weekend, uh, she drew my butt again. And uh, it made me very happy. My my butt looks phenomenal in the booty drawing. And uh, I bought a frame so that way I can, I can put it up and add it to my collection. It makes me so, so fucking happy. <laughs> I... If you ever want to draw my butt, please, please do. Please draw my butt. Everybody has permission right now to draw my butt. Really just draw me at all. I love when people draw me. But anyways, she's fantastic. Uh, she has a couple of upcoming workshops. Uh, one in Milwaukee that will be in person. That is Saturday, October 16th. And then um, she's also going to have a virtual option, which will be Thursday, October 28th. Um, so you can find all of that information on her website, um, racheldugan.com. Uh, you can find that in the podcast description. I've also linked in her Instagram, her Patreon, um, her Etsy shop, all that good stuff. She does customs. Like I said, I've had her draw my butt, I think, like three times now. Um, and then I also commissioned her uh, a couple of years ago for a Christmas present um, portrait, which was really cool. I fucking loved it. It made me really happy. Um, but yeah, you can find that information um, at her website. And uh, please, 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 please um, support her. She's a phenomenal person. Um, and she's so fun. And like, she's a she's a woman in a small business. Small business owning woman. And we love that. Um, so please, please support her. Please support me too. <laughs> you know. Uh, support all of us small business women. But uh, anyways, our guest today is an illustrator. She does booty portraits. She'll do them live sometimes, which is amazing. She does uh, drawing workshops and portrait slams. I mean, she just does a lot of like really cool shit. So definitely follow her. Please welcome to the podcast, Rachel Dugan of Rad Illustrates. Well, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you, Rachel. Thank you. Yeah, excited to be here. So I first learned about you um, through an event in Madison, and you were doing live booty portraits. And um, I, it's one of those things that I love. I love having people draw me in any capacity. I'm like, I don't care if it's from the front, from the back, from the <laughs> side. I don't care if it's my feet, whatever. Like, I love being drawn. So I was like, I must go to this event and get my butt drawn. <laughs> and uh, you were gracious enough to do that for me. Um, and I've since uh, had you draw a couple of different things for me because I just love your style. I think your work is so fun and it uh, it really makes me smile. So I appreciate the work that you do. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's always nice to um, hear people's different reactions to things. But yeah, super appreciate it. That's awesome that it goes all the way back to Madison because now I'm in Milwaukee. So yeah, yeah. And you've kind of been making your way like around the mid the Midwest. Tour of too, the Midwest. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. feel that. I uh, started in Iowa, moved to Illinois. I lived in Milwaukee for a brief period of time. And oh, now okay. I'm in Madison. So <laughs> crazy. Yeah. I, I, I was Chicago, Madison, now Milwaukee. But yeah. <laughs> How do you like Milwaukee so far? I like it a lot. Um, moved here like right before the pandemic. And so I had a lot of plans and was like, Oh, I'm gonna like, meet people and do events and do things. Obviously, the pandemic happened or is still happening. But um, it, it 
kind of took a chunk of time out of my plans. But now I feel like with summer and outdoor stuff um, and vaccines, it's been easier to kind of like get out and try to like make some connections um, and have some fun before uh, fall and winter and more online related stuff comes back. But, um, but yeah, I do absolutely. I love it here. And uh, I feel good. I feel hopefully I'm going to stay here for a while. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I, I hate moving, but I've moved Same. so many times in my life that I'm I know. Like, but <laughs> uh, anyways, that's great. Um, so I was wondering if you could tell us a bit about what it is that you do and how you got started doing it. Absolutely. Um, so I am an illustrator. I went to art school in Chicago. I went to Columbia College um, and studied kind of art history. And then I switched over to general art and design. And then I convinced some professors, illustration professors, like in my last year to just begged them to like let me into some of the illustration like senior core classes and luckily I was able to weasel my way in there and take those classes um I was just it was late that I realized that illustration was really my style and what seemed I seemed to be drawn to the most so I yeah left when I graduated school and I just was drawing a lot but not really figuring out how I fit in I I started picking up like small editorial illustration gigs and then doing custom portraits. And then I guess fast forward 12 plus years since then, 13 years. And I've been kind of just like growing my business incrementally, testing new things, trying new things. And um, like you mentioned, the booty portraits, like doing some like maker markets, but also interactive drawing experiences and workshops, both in person, which I haven't done in a while, <laughs> but virtual workshops, drawing workshops too. Yeah, I um, I know I've seen like you advertise some of your drawing workshops online and they look like they're so much fun. <laughs> and like, I'm Thanks. still so nervous. I'm a terrible artist in, in every sense of the word. <laughs> um, so I'm like a little intimidated, but I feel like they would be so fun. Yes. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because I feel like you are the right candidate to come because um the way that I run my workshops virtual or in person but especially virtual because those have been kind of those had taken off during the the winter months um but basically it's just meant to kind of like open your mind up and loosen up because I mean I can totally relate I if I get an idea in my head and I'm like oh this is gonna look awesome or I really want to draw this and then I go to draw it, oftentimes you're let down by reality versus expectations. So the style of drawing workshop that I do isn't like, let's all draw the same thing, um, you know, for 15, 20 minutes or an hour and make it look perfect. It's more of like, what's your natural style? Let's see how it comes out. You're going to have a ton of constraints pushed onto you. And then you just have to react. And usually that's just like a really wonderful way to like laugh, have some fun, see maybe some of your natural tendencies and styles when drawing and, um, and really like low key. Like it is, I, I know a lot of people say like safe space, but I really truly believe it is because people are really just there to have fun. And I'm an introvert. I'm absolutely an introvert, but I love doing these workshops because like people come in their pajamas, people come like, as they are, some people are like, I'm, you know, I have a cocktail, I have a friend with me, or I'm alone in my basement. And it's just like, just come have some fun, make a bunch of drawings, and then leave with like, some fun, weird memories with random people in different cities and countries. So, <laughs> so yeah, anyway, I, I love those workshops. And in these warmer months, they've really like, slowed down. So I'm hoping to like, come back with a bang this fall and winter with more virtual options yeah i i need to try one sometime like yeah I, you're, you're giving me the confidence as somebody <laughs> who is also very introverted and i'm a little bit of a, a perfectionist in a, in a really strange way yeah um so i'm always worried somebody's gonna be like oh god no it's terrible not that never that <laughs> <laughs> I promise that it's it's much more everyone's just like, oh my God, I can't believe I just made this or like laughing or like, whoa, yours is crazy and fun. Like 
it's just, and it's so fast. Like I think the fast paced nature makes it easy to just like move on. So if you're like, this one turned out real wonky, you just kind of push to the side and get a fresh piece of paper and go for it. So um, I've, it's been so fun meeting people that way and experiencing totally different personality types, like from the all ends of the spectrum with comfort level of being, you know, around other people. But it's nice too, because you can just mute yourself and be invisible if you want. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a great opportunity. You're giving the co- me the confidence. I'm going to try it. I, cool. I okay, try cool. It. <laughs> Um, so you do have such a unique style that is very, um, it's very realistic and, um, it's not what you would typically think of. I I think when we think of art, a lot of us have kind of a, um, kind of a pretentious outlook about it. And one of the things that I really love about your style is that it's fun and it's relatable and it's not like, oh, yes, it's abstract. And uh, is it a couch or is it a woman? We don't know. Like, Yeah. <laughs> so I, I love that about your work. How did you come into your style of drawing? Yeah, yeah. That's so, it's so comforting to hear that because I guess my, my goal is to be approachable. Like I want my art to be approachable. And I also want people to be kind of like in on the joke. So it's like if I'm trying to draw something, I want I don't want people to be like, I have no idea what this is, or I don't get it. Like, not to say that everyone will like my art or, or get it or be drawn to it. But um, generally, I want that accessibility. And for whatever reason, like, I've tried all different types of art forms. um, And just like a pen and paper has just always drawn me in. And um, pun intended, I guess, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's just like so unpretentious. It's like I tried painting and sculpture and ceramic and all the I mean, I guess not all, but I've tried a lot of things and I thought, hey, I don't have the patience for this. I don't have the discipline. I just want to doodle stuff and like maybe laugh or be like, oh, that's an interesting line or or yeah, I love like the ability to kind of bond with people so it's like this is my family or this is my house or this is my pet and like I would love for you to draw like there's just some I I feel like I'm the word intimacy is coming in and I feel like in a obviously a non like sexual way but just uh, (laughs) just like people feeling comfortable with me and I and that really shines through too when I do pop-up portraits and booty portraits because a lot of people are really uncomfortable with their bodies and I mean, I think we all have things that we're like, wish it was like this or why, why do I look like this? And the goal of that is to really just be like, come as you are and like, be okay with that. The acceptance of like, don't worry, this isn't like a comparison. We're not lining everybody up and rating people. And um, yeah, just, just being able to kind of connect with people in different ways through drawing is really special to me. And I guess my personality type like I love and appreciate art but ultimately I'm just like I just want to have fun and and make low-key drawings like I'm I'm not like a highbrow person and so um through art school like I definitely did get a lot of pressure from certain professors who were like what you're drawing in your sketchbook or what you're isn't art or this isn't like this doesn't fit in the like fine art or this doesn't fit here. And I, it hurt and it took a lot of time to just be like, whatever, like this is my style. And honestly, being an illustrator, like one of the most important things is identifying your style and just sticking with it and not resisting it and trying to copy someone else. So I was like, well, I keep going back here. And so I kind of pushed all of that negativity or like, worry aside and just went with my style even though it's just you know black lines shaky lines on white paper (laughs) and you know I've come I've come a long way and and I'm doing it full-time now so it's um it's pretty great yeah I I mean your your pieces that I have in my home like are always like the biggest talking points 
Wow. Like, yes. That's everybody's awesome. like, is that your butt? And I'm like, yeah, of course. <laughs> Look, it looks great. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so, you know, like I said, I, I really appreciate it. And like, it adds so much fun. Um, but I'm wondering, you know, going through art school, it sounds like there was kind of a struggle of like, how do we define art? And like, what is good art or bad art? And, you know, for me, I think that art is art, and it's always to be interpreted. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was that experience like? Like, I'm, it sounds like you had a little bit of a struggle with it. How, like, how did you make it through, I guess? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, at the start, like I in high school and stuff, I loved art class. And I loved like all sorts of things. And I was definitely not like, an illustrator or making illustrations at that point, I was just like drawing, painting, whatever, having fun and like being creative. And I, I didn't really know where that fit in, but I was like, art school seems like a logical fit. My brother was going to art school at Columbia and I was just kind of like, do you like it? And I just kind of did the same thing as him, which is funny. Uh, but yeah, throughout my experience in art school, I, I really loved art history because I loved learning about like ancient architecture and art forms. And I was just, I I've always loved history and like sociology type content. And then I thought, well, maybe I could just merge this with art and that will be, I'll somehow be like a curator or work, you know, doing something in that field. And I think the longer that went on with studying that, I was like, I don't know if this is realistic for me. And I also really missed making art. I just thought I want to get into some art classes and like get back into the swing of things. So I did. And, um, you know, like some people were really encouraging and and helpful. Like there's always going to be a mix of, uh, you know, types of personalities that you learn under. And some people like totally get what you're doing and others are like, you know, if you want to be in a gallery, this and that. And I, I never really felt like galleries were for me anyway, or like in the traditional sense. So I was like, where do I fit in? And I, then I thought about commercial art and, and like, you know, I had friends who were graphic designers and doing that. And I thought, oh, that's not really me either. I feel like I'm a little bit of a mix of like fine art, you know, creating handmade things, creating, you know, art, but then also maybe I can do some stuff that's more for like a business or branding or design. Um, so anyways, it, it, there was a lot of ups and downs and uh, definitely questioning uh, where I was going. But um, one professor specifically at Columbia, Ivan Brunetti, who's a cartoonist, um, he like right kind of at the end of my <laughs> school really took me under his wing. And he, I, I got into his illustration classes and he was like, yeah, your, your work is awesome. Like keep doing it. Just keep drawing, just keep drawing. And just reminding me that, you know, if you really want something, you just have to really dedicate yourself to it. And I did. And, uh, you know, it hasn't always been like a linear process, but, um, I I'm glad I listened to that instead of, you know, I took like a figure drawing class and I, I loved it. I love drawing naked people. Let me tell you, I love bodies. I love people. I I thought it was fascinating and I loved it. But that teacher, even though he was a nice guy, he did kind of rag on my, my, you know, I would try to do like the charcoal stuff in class, but then in my sketchbook would be like much more line art. And I recall him saying like, this isn't it. Like this, what you're doing here, like this isn't it stick with like, you know, the gestural stuff. And I'm thinking that's totally the opposite of what I want to be doing. I'm just doing it because this is the class, you know, Mm -hmm. but anyways, you know, you're going to have like haters, you're going to have like critiques from every angle. And um, I'm just, yeah, I'm really thankful that I did kind of find somebody who like instilled in me stick with this, keep working at it, see where it goes. And this does seem to be where you're naturally headed. And, um, you know, not to like jump back to the workshops, but that's kind of like the goal is like, what are you naturally drawn to? Like, what are you naturally good at? Go there and like, let yourself be in that space. And so, yeah, it, it, it was overall a good experience, like figuring out that I'm, I am an illustrator. I want to be an illustrator, but um, it's, it's taken some bumps in the road for sure. 
Yeah, I, I love that kind of analogy for life, though, of like, what are you naturally drawn towards? And like, go in that direction. Like, even if it seems weird and wacky and impossible, like, that's what like life is so short. I yeah. always feel like <laughs> try it. And if if it doesn't work out, then like change, change the goal by a little bit. Yes. Uh, so I think that's really important. Um, so I know you mentioned that you uh, just started uh, fairly recently uh, being a full-time illustrator. What were you doing beforehand? Yeah, yeah. So before doing this full-time, I kind of always had like a professional career. And then I was moonlighting as an illustrator. So like nights and weekends, doing what I could. Um, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not formally trained. <laughs> in, I'm not anything, but I, I had a lot of jobs in marketing, like most, mostly uh, social media related um, or like kind of project management type roles because I happen to be a very organized artist, which some people find like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> like <laughs> those two things can go together. And I'm like, yeah, but, uh, but I, yeah, I'd been doing, I was doing social media for a startup company and I lost my job during the pandemic and definitely had like a, oh shit crisis moment of like, you know, losing my benefits, losing security and safety feeling and being like, do I scramble and try to find full-time work again? Or do I kind of like see where this takes me because it's been something I've wanted, but I feared. I think like growing up with not a lot of money and always feeling like safety means like insulating myself with financial stability and not having to rely on anybody has, mm -hmm. it's like hard to like, scrape that away and be like, it's okay, try things like you'll figure it out, even though I typically always do. Um, so anyways, uh, today, I'm I'm still yeah, I'm still doing full time illustration. It ha it's probably like the most challenging, and like, mentally exhausting job I've ever had, but it's also, it's like the highest risk and the highest reward. It's like the lows are so, so low, so low. And the highs are incredible. And at the end of the day, it's like, it's just me. Like every aspect of my business is me, like from customer service, fulfillment, marketing, uh, you know, creating the merch, creating the designs, creating the dra drawings. Like it's just to even, you know, the financial admin things too. It's, um, it's it's been a learning experience <laughs> absolutely that's for sure absolutely yeah i i feel like it's really interesting the pandemic has shifted people in in so many different ways and so i feel like your your story is not unlike a lot of people's i know um mm -hmm. even my my neighbor um he lost his his job during the pandemic and he was like well why don't i just do my own thing like i so he started his own business during the pandemic. I started my own business during the pandemic. Um, and I, I definitely know what you mean, because I also, you know, I grew up, I grew up living in a trailer park, like I am like certified trailer trash. Um, <laughs> so it's like I was making a, a, an amount of money that was unheard of for anybody in my family. And yeah. know, I was doing very well for myself, had, you know, great benefits and disposable income, which was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and so I had to make the decision to, you know, push that all away because I, I felt like I had this different calling and because I wasn't happy in, in my full-time job. And, you know, like I said, life is so short, like why waste it being unhappy? And, you know, I always kind of have the thought that if I try this and I, I fail miserably and I'm broke in six months, then I just go and get another full-time job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that we often take life a little too seriously when it, it's really not meant to be. I I agree. I I definitely have had those moments of like this like tunnel vision, like, but what if this doesn't pan out? Like, what if I fail? And it's like, I've failed so many times. So it's like, I also understand that failure is part of the learning and like, part of growing and getting better. So it's like, there's like mini failures, there's bigger failures. And then there's like, you know, obviously like a breaking point where you have to like go this way or this way and figure shit out. But um, I, I, yeah, I definitely 
have to like remind myself that like to be more present and something with the pandemic is as horrible as it has been there. There have been like little learning moments of like living in the present more. Cause I used to be so future thinking like pre pandemic. I was always like next three months, next six months. Okay. Planning for that. What's happening. Always so locked in on the future. And I had to undo that thinking pattern because the future is so uncertain and it's not, you can't depend on it anymore. I mean, I know you never can, but before I felt more like, yeah, like in six months, I'm going to do these events and it's going to be fine. Like what would happen to make it not? And then now I'm like, woo, we don't know what six months later will be. And it's time to just like live for now and like focus on today. Okay. Focus on this week. Okay. What's going on this weekend? Like much more tangible timelines and then cross those bridges when you get there. But, um, it's, it's nice to hear you even say like, you know, if it doesn't work out, I can always like, I mean, I said I, but you said <laughs> we can always just like change, like change is a constant. And we're, if you have to, you just find a way, find your way out, find your, find a new path. And um, yeah, sometimes it can be easy to get, like, feel like you're drowning in fear of the unknown or that you're incapable of figuring stuff out, but most of us have been in situations before that we've, we already have, we've done the things like this before a change course and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love what you said too, about like mistakes and failures are part of the learning process. And so I've definitely had my fair share of like anxiety and like, Oh my God, what have I done? Um, yeah. But you know, yeah, the pandemic has really, I feel like taught us that nothing is certain, nothing nothing stays the same, like everything changes. And so we can either change with it and say, these are the tools that I have. These are the lessons that I've learned. How do I go from here? Or we can dwell on like, oh my God, the world is on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Which it is most of the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like, now it's kind of nice to just focus on like, what's in front of me? What's today? You know, because yeah, there are a lot of like larger forces at play that are terrifying and you're like how do I just you know get through and push through and do what I want to do or need to do to to hopefully be happy yeah um so I know with a lot of artists um and people in the art community in general um there's a lot of imposter syndrome feeling like I'm not good enough I don't know enough somebody is going to find out that I'm a fraud uh, have you experienced any of that? Oh, totally. Totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I absolutely have. I, I mean, it's basically like ingrained in us comparing ourselves to others and with social media. I mean, that's like so easy to just like doom scroll and then see, oh, this, this person's so much more successful than me or they're, they're killing it. They're doing so much better. And like, I suck and I can never be as good as them. Or if people only knew what I do, like how I do it, they would be like, you're not that good at this or yeah, there's so much doubt. There's so much doubt. And I, I, I guess I just always have to remember, like, just like bringing focus back. I think sometimes it's good to just be like, well, I'm different. I'm, I'm doing something different. Like no use in like looking at somebody who's like got a totally different path, who's killing it in their way, you know, like, and just like reminding myself like, well, I, I'm doing this and like, this is pretty cool. Or, and sometimes too, I try to remind myself that like, just as much as I'm looking at other people and comparing myself, like people might look at me and then make looking at me might make them feel like shit and that that sucks. Like, I don't like that either. Like, I feel like we're all looking at each other, whether it's like, yeah, art or career or life, like just like this person takes amazing vacations and my vacations blow. Like, I don't know, like, or this person has a dream job and like my job sucks or their body is like freaking amazing. And my body sucks. Like there's just so many ways that we're, constantly like shitting on ourselves so I'm just kind of like that sucks it sucks that it just it's gonna happen so I 
like I know like some of my art friends and things will be like, I'm going off of Instagram for a while, or I'm like, you know, doing this, or they have like, I'm just like, my coping mechanism is to just try to like take a step back from it and be like, where is this coming from? Like, and then trying to articulate, like just reminding myself, like where these insecurities are from, like within me and reminding that myself that like, I don't have to be doing this. Like it's so easy to go down that, that path and to feel sorry for myself. And I make time to do that. Like if I'm having a really low day, it's like, well, I can't just like scrub a turd and say, I'm, I'm happy today. Be happy. It's like, well, let yourself, you know, mope around and feel like crap. And then remind yourself that like life goes on and, and, you know, I guess identify the root of it and, and be aware of the root of it and don't blame other people, you know, because usually it is just our own insecurities, but, but yeah. And, and not, not to sound corny, but try to like, remind myself of like accomplishments that I never thought I I could accomplish and be like, those are pretty cool. I don't lose sight in that because sometimes when something good happens, it's so fleeting. It feels so good. And you're like, wow. Or you're like, this is going to be the thing that pushes me. And sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's just like a good thing and it happens for this amount of time. And it doesn't mean everything's so much better. It's just like, celebrate what you can and be grateful for it. And just like, remind yourself that like more good things will come if you keep working at like keep chipping away, like, you know, it's not the end of the road. Yeah, I think that's a really healthy way to look at it. And I I also really advocate for sometimes when you're just feeling like shit, like, go into your little spiral, like lean into it, have your like bad moment. And then like, just acknowledging it, you usually like realize like, oh, I'm actually being a little crazy. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like it's not really based in reality. It's just like you've wound yourself up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, thank you. Thank you to my therapist for helping me. <laughs> I feel like giving me the tools, you know, to just be like, yeah, I feel like trash today. Today is going to be a mopey day and I'm going to maybe cry and maybe like feel like a failure. And then, you know okay, shake it off and like continue down the path that you're trying to go towards, you know? Yeah. And, you know, there's always going to be somebody out there who is quote unquote better than you or worse than you. Yeah. And it's like, well, why does it have to be better or worse? Why can't it just be different? We're all, you know, in our own lane, you know? And I I think that that true, that that too can be kind of analogous with, with drawing, you know? nothing's necessarily bad it's just different right yeah it's in the eye of the beholder because yeah some people you know would look at my shop or look at my work and be like oh I wouldn't hang that in my house or I'm not I'm not into this and then someone else would be like holy shit I want all of these posters or I like all of these things or I want a custom thing and I have to just you know it's like appreciate and like remember that there's always going to be something for someone so yeah Absolutely. Um, so one of uh, my favorite projects that you do, obviously, like I said, I love the the booty portraits. Um, but another thing that you do that I love are the period stories. Yes, um, yeah. As somebody who has a period, I find that talking <laughs> about it and seeing all the different stories is so empowering. And it's no longer like, oh, God, I'm on my period and I can't wear white and I don't look like the people on the tampon commercials. Like, yeah, I'm curious, how did you get started doing that? Yeah, wow. How did I get started doing that? Oh, you know what? I think I think truthfully, I I've been a person who's always had like pretty intense periods, like painful, painful, crappy periods. And I also just resented the fact that I couldn't openly complain about it because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just like this is a thing that like a ton of people deal with every month all for all time you know like there's so so much suffering and and it's all has to be silenced to make like you know men more comfortable or you know people more comfortable and not like oh that's disgusting or unsanitary and it's like right. no it's not it's this is just like a cycle and we're like 
and I know some people like love their period and whatever. I'm more, I I'm like all for that. I'm more of like, I'm a prisoner <laughs> to my, my period. Like it sucks. Like I, it is what it is. Like it's, it's like a very, like, obviously our bodies are like amazing and crazy, but it just sucks. Like it sucks. And I thought, how could I like inject some empathy and humor into this kind of shitty experience that we have? And also hearing stories from other people, it's like, you realize, oh damn, like someone else has been in like a the same situation or, or you're like, holy shit, that happened to you. Like you just feel this like immense, like, oh my gosh. And I've had a lot of people like reach out being like, I had no idea. Or like people who didn't know about periods um, because nobody wants to talk about them or people don't feel comfortable or safe talking about them or people who are just like, wow, like that really resonated with me. And so I think I originally was just kind of like putting it out there to see if anyone would feel comfortable enough to have me draw their stories. And then it became like a constant flow, you know, much like your period uh, yeah. <laughs> coming in, like stories coming in and being like so, so vivid and so extreme. And so like some had like a positive twist and some had like scary twists and and I just felt like somebody needs to be doing this. And so, yeah, I, I, uh, it's, it's so wonderful that people feel comfortable talking about it and um, empowered and to share. And it's such an honor to be able to like draw these, these, like my interpretation of the story. So, uh, and then, yeah, sharing it online is just like another way to like share with people from all over and hopefully get fresh eyes on things. Yeah, I'm I'm all for normalizing it and really talking about like what's actually happening. Um, yeah. you know, I I'm sure we've all gone through the class where there's the the girl who has her first period and she has to ask somebody for a pad and you know, it looks very like cute and dainty. And uh then you actually yeah. have your first period and you're like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, like nobody prepared me. I felt I felt completely unprepared. Like even with my mom being like, "You're going to get your period someday." Like I mean, we didn't get into the gritty details of like what like clots would be like or like heavy flow or I used to like throw up and have diarrhea like at the same time or like oh, laying in a ball on the floor and like having to miss school because I was in so much pain or yeah, bleeding through your clothing and how humiliating that was when you're in like a school or an environment where kids are just like devils and <laughs> like just preying upon you they're like oh what's that oh my god they have blood on their butt or their crotch and anyway you know just all all the things there's so much to content to cover really with periods <laughs> oh for sure i i know um my my very first period i did not know what to expect because I was like, oh, it's going to be blood. It's going to be like red, like what we're yeah. used to seeing. No. Oh, fucking brown and like maroon. And you're like, it's like a line. And you're just like, what is even this? Did I poop? Literally, I thought I shit myself. Yeah. Like, yes. I like threw my underwear away. And my I came home from school. And my mom was like, do you have something to tell me? And I was like, what are you? I didn't do anything bad. And she was like, why don't you tell me you got your period? And I was like, so relieved that I was not just out here like shitting my pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like there's so much or just like on the commercials where it's like blue liquid and you're like, yes. that's weird. Like we, how many movies and TV shows are just like people getting obliterated with like guns and knives and like blood gushing. But then when it comes to like a period where it's just like a body that is, you know, doing its thing, it's, it, we can't show the color of it. It's just, yeah, it's mind boggling. So, um, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that that series uh, resonates with you. Yeah. And I was wondering, have you um, received a particular story that really like um, sticks with you or that you really enjoyed? Yes. Wow. I've had, I've had so, so many. I think one that stands out was from someone who survived toxic shock syndrome. Oh my gosh. And when I like got to hear the entire story and it was like, huge story like it was crazy <laughs> most people write like a quick blurb you know but this was like woo juicy lots of paragraphs just like 
having a tampon in for too long, not knowing, and then almost dying, like literally have to go to the hospital and um, like body shutting down. And then at the end, they like really made a plea for like, make sure you know, like what products you're using and like what companies you're buying stuff, like the chemicals, like it, it can be like such a fine line. Like it feels like nothing putting a tampon in like sometimes and you get so used to it and you don't think you're not like setting a timer, you know, or like wearing a pad for too long, you can get, you know, infections or rash or like things. Anyway, um, that story really made me be less careless about the products I use and like how long I use them and what companies like maybe have like more or maybe less uh, toxic, <laughs> you know, like everything is flawed basically. But when you're like, okay, well, this one doesn't use like a ton of chemicals in, in their stuff. Or um, I started using like cotton pads and like washing them. Cause I was also like, ah, the, all the waste from periods is so extreme. So like, what if I could use reusable stuff? Anyway, uh, that was a really poignant story that actually like made me change course in how I am and how I act and how I, you know, deal with my period. Um, and I'll say just like a little teaser, I have a story coming up that I'm so excited about that someone, they said that they like went swimming in a pool when they were young and they were like, their period was so heavy and like, it was like summertime fun pool day. And they thought that they could just like swim and not have to like have like, a you know, anything happened and it ended up, they were like, I was like surrounded by like floating, like blood clot jellyfish around the pool. And they were like, ah, and like people were like, what's in the pool? And you know, she was like, like surrounded by her own little like blood clots. And she just said it was the most humiliating and extreme <laughs> experience ever. And I'm like, it was so visual when she was describing it. I thought, whoa, I cannot wait to draw this one. But uh, luckily now, you know, she can laugh about it. And that's, I think that's good too, is like people like coming around to like something that was like, they blocked out or compartmentalized. And now they're like, eh, you know, it's just something that happened. It's funny. It's ridiculous. It's painful, but you're just kind of like able to like air it out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it, talking about it in a, in a realistic way is so important and being like, yeah, sometimes it really fucking sucks. Yeah. Like <laughs> sometimes yeah, like, periods are just awful. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like you can't it can't just be this like happy. Like maybe it could be a positive with the negative, like mm -hmm. a more holistic picture of it because it's like I know some people are like period parties or like first period or like make it more happy. Um which it's like okay, but like make sure there's also like a heavy dose of realism there too. So people aren't like, well, why do I feel terrible? Like why I'm supposed to be happy about this? But it, you know, anyway. Yeah. I think there are so many different ways to look at it. And yeah, I think it is, it's just a part of life and just like life, it's, it can be messy and it can be empowering and it can be all the things. Um, so I think that yeah. your, your, your illustrations around that really, really brings that out for people. And I, I appreciate them so much. I love seeing them. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so I, I know that um, we've, we've kept you on for a little bit. Um, so I don't want to take up too much of your time because I'm so grateful that you agreed to come on here. Um, but I was wondering if you could tell us um, one, where we can find you and your work. Um, not, not like your house. We're not going to like come yeah. and like ambush <laughs> you. That would be, that would be rude. Um, <laughs> so uh, where we can uh, learn about you, learn about your work and also how we can support you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm on Instagram. Um, Brad Illustrates is my handle. And I'm also just like, I have a website, racheldugan.com. Um, my first name is spelled weird, R-A-C-H-A-L-D-U-G-G-A-N.com, uh, Rachel with an A. And I have um, linked on there and on my uh, Instagram, I have an Etsy shop. That's where I sell custom portraits, including booty portraits, house portraits, pet portraits, um, and merch, just posters, pins, buttons, um, tote bags, all sorts of that stuff. And soon I will also be re- launching my virtual uh, portrait slam workshop series, which will be really fun. And each month, basically, I pick a different theme and we do that. So I've done things like 90s nostalgia, 
and paranormal activity and Halloween, Christmas, like just <laughs> raunchy V-Day erotica workshop, like just totally silly, weird animal themes too. Anyway, I'm excited to, to kind of get back into that. And I'm hoping to possibly have an in-person workshop in Milwaukee as well as Chicago this fall. Delta variant pending. We'll see how things go. Obviously, I'm not putting all my eggs in that basket, but we'll see. And um, I also have a Patreon. I have a Patreon where you can support me in my ongoing series, like the period stories um, series that I do and um, my drawing club on, on Patreon, where you can basically have different drawing prompts sent to your inbox each week and have your own, you know, privacy and work on drawings and kind of have fun and do that or my snail mail club, which is I send you art every month and you subscribe to that. So yeah, basically online. You can find me online. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great. Yes, I, I can't wait to try out one of your workshops. I, I think it's gonna be really fun. And so I yeah. hope that uh, some of our listeners will will uh, enjoy them as well. But I yeah. am so grateful for you coming on. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate you and everything that you do. And I really can't wait to see what else comes from from you know your <laughs> noggin? <laughs> Thanks. Thank you so much. No, this was really fun, and I appreciate the invite. And um, just uh, yeah, nice. It's nice to have a conversation about things because I I think um, everybody kind of goes through a lot of similar stuff. So even if it's like you're an artist or not, you know, <laughs> so uh, so very refreshing conversation. Appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Empowered Authenticity, the podcast. Please make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like more content from Empowered Authenticity, make sure to follow on Instagram at empowered underscore authenticity. We'll see you next week. Do you feel stuck and unmotivated? Want to create your dream life but don't know where to begin? If you're interested in improving your relationships, communication skills, or feeling more comfortable in your skin, I can help. Together we can determine what's holding you back from living your best life and help to quiet that negative Nancy residing in your head. If you've been interested in working with a coach who is optimistic and authentic and empowers you to be as well, then schedule your free 30-minute chemistry session today by going to empoweredauthenticity.net. Again, that's empoweredauthenticity.net.